European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 42, Issue 46, Focus Issue, Arrhythmias, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Philippe Crea. read to you by Morgan Bryan. Management of Arrhythmias, the increasing role of artificial intelligence, genetics, and rhythm control in atrial fibrillation. Despite the fact that the electrocardiogram, or ECG, has been in use for over a hundred years and is a central tool in clinical medicine, we're only now beginning to unleash its full potential with the application of artificial intelligence, or AI. This focus issue on arrhythmias contains the state-of-the-art review, Application of Artificial Intelligence to the Electrocardiogram, by Zachi Atia, from the Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota, USA, and colleagues. The authors know that AI has given the electrocardiogram, or ECG, and clinicians reading them, superhuman diagnostic abilities. Trained without hard-coded rules, by finding often subclinical patterns in huge datasets, AI transforms the ECG, the ubiquitous non-invasive cardiac test that is integrated into practice workflows, into a screening tool and a predictor of cardiac and non-cardiac diseases, often in asymptomatic individuals. This review describes the mathematical background behind supervised AI algorithms and discusses selected AI ECG cardiac screening algorithms, including those for the detection of left ventricular dysfunction, episodic atrial fibrillation from a tracing recorded during normal sinus rhythm, and other structural and valvular diseases. The ability to learn from big datasets without the need to understand the biological mechanism has created opportunities for detecting non-cardiac diseases such as COVID-19 and introduces challenges with regards to data privacy. Like all medical tests, the AI ECG must be carefully vetted and validated in real-world clinical environments. Finally, with mobile form factors that allow acquisition of medical-grade ECGs from smartphones and wearables, the use of AI may enable massive scalability to democratise healthcare. Patients with permanent atrial fibrillation, or AF, and heart failure, or HF, are often treated with pharmacological rate control. However, the optimal rate control in patients with AF and HF is unknown. Not only rapid heart rate, but also its irregularity, may contribute to symptoms and possibly to impaired prognosis. In patients with AF and HF, strict and regular rate control with atroventricular junction ablation and biventricular pacemaker, or ablation plus CRT, has been shown to be superior to pharmacological rate control in reducing HF hospitalizations. In a fast-track clinical research article entitled AV Junction Ablation and Cardiac Resynchronization for Patients with Permanent Atrial Fibrillation and Narrow QRS, the APAF-CRT Mortality Trial. Michele Brignole from the IRCCS Istituto Auxologico Italiano in Milano, Italy and colleagues point out that whether or not ablation and CRT also improve survival is unknown. In this international, open-label, blinded outcome trial, the authors randomly assigned patients with severely symptomatic permanent AF greater than six months, narrow QRS, 
less than or equal to 110 milliseconds, and at least one HF hospitalization in the previous year to ablation plus CRT or to pharmacological rate control. A total of 133 patients were randomized. The mean age was 73 plus or minus 10 years and 62 or 47% were females. The trial was stopped for efficacy at interim analysis after a median of 29 months of follow-up per patient. The primary endpoint occurred in 7 patients or 11% in the ablation plus CRT arm and in 20 patients or 29% in the drug arm. Hazard ratio or HR 0.26 P equals 0.004. The estimated death rate at 2 years were 5% and 21% respectively. At 4 years, 14% and 41%. The benefits of ablation plus CRT on all-cause mortality were similar in patients with ejection fraction or EF less than or equal to 35% and in those with EF greater than 35%. The secondary endpoint combining all-cause mortality or HF hospitalization was significantly lower in the ablation plus CRT arm HR 0.40, P equaling 0.002. The authors conclude that ablation plus CRT is superior to pharmacological therapy in reducing mortality in patients with permanent AF and narrow QRS who were hospitalized for HF, irrespective of their baseline EF. The contribution is linked to a thoughtful editorial by Cecilia Linde from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden. Linda concludes that the results of the APAF CRT are indeed impressive. With this addition to the APAF CRT morbidity trial, we now know that AV junction ablation combined with CRT improves mortality and HF morbidity, and thus is a superior strategy to rate control in elderly HF patients with permanent AF. In a second fast-track clinical research article entitled Mutation Location and IK's Regulation in the Arrhythmic Risk of Long QT Syndrome Type 1 The Importance of the KCNQ1-S6 Regie Peter Schwartz from the IRCCS in Milan, Italy and colleagues assessed whether mutations neighboring PA341V in the S6 channel segment could increase arrhythmic risk. Clinical and genetic data were obtained from 1,316 long QT syndrome type 1 or LQT1 patients, 450 families, 166 unique KCNQ1 mutations, including 277 PA341V positive subjects, 139 patients with PA341 neighboring mutations, 91 missense and 48 non missense and 900 other LQT1 subjects. A first cardiac event represented the primary endpoint. S6 segment missense variant characteristics, particularly CAMP stimulation responses, were analyzed by cellular electrophysiology. PA341 neighboring mutation carriers had a QTC shorter than PA341V carriers, 477 plus or minus 33 milliseconds versus 490 plus or minus 44 milliseconds, but longer than the remaining LQT1 patient population, 467 plus or minus 41 milliseconds. 
e being less than 0.05 for both. Similarly, the frequency of symptomatic subjects in the PA341 neighbouring subgroup was intermediate between the other two groups, 43% versus 73% versus 20%, P being less than 0.001. These differences in clinical severity can be explained for PA341V versus PA341 neighbouring mutations by the PA341V specific impairment of IK's regulation. The differences between the PA341 neighbouring subgroup and the rest of LQT1 mutations may be explained by the functional importance of the S6 segment for channel activation. The authors conclude that KCNQ1 S6 segment mutations surrounding PA341 increases arrhythmic risk. PA341V specific loss of PKA dependent IK's enhancement correlates with its phenotypic severity. Cellular studies providing further insight into IK's channel regulation and knowledge of structure-function relationships could improve risk stratification. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Andrew Tinker from the Queen Mary University of London in the United Kingdom. Tinker concludes that the study by Schwartz and colleagues identifies a series of mutations at and around A341 that lead to worse outcomes than those in other regions of the channel. These mutant complexes do not show impaired PKA regulation, and the exact molecular mechanism will need further experimentation. In addition, as polygenetic risk scores are developed for several cardiovascular traits, including ventricular arrhythmia, it will be interesting if these can also contribute to additional risk stratification in LQTS and other hereditary arrhythmic syndromes. Alcohol consumption is associated with an increased risk of incident atrial AF. Not only heavy drinking, but also low spectrum of alcohol consumption could be a risk factor for incident AF, as reported in a recent observational study. In a clinical research article entitled, Lower risk of stroke after alcohol abstinence in patients with incident atrial fibrillation, a nationwide population-based cohort study. Sol Ryung Lee and colleagues from the Seoul National University Hospital in Korea evaluate the association between alcohol consumption and its changes after newly diagnosed atrial fibrillation, or AF, and the risk of ischemic stroke. Using the Korean Nationwide Claims and Health Examination Database, the authors included subjects who were newly diagnosed with AF between 2010 and 2016. Patients were categorized into three groups according to the status of alcohol consumption before and after AF diagnosis. Non-drinkers, abstainers from alcohol after AF diagnosis and current drinkers. The primary outcome was incident ischemic stroke during follow-up. Non-drinkers, abstainers and current drinkers were compared using incidence rate differences after the inverse probability of treatment weighting, or IPTW. Among a total of more than 97,000 newly diagnosed AF patients, 51% were non-drinkers, 13% were abstainers and 36% were current drinkers. During follow-up, 3,120 patients were diagnosed with incident ischemic stroke, 10 per 1,000 person years. 
At five years follow-up, non-drinkers and abstainers were associated with significantly lower risk for stroke than current drinkers. Incident rate ratios after IPTW 0.75 and 0.83 respectively. The authors conclude that current alcohol consumption is associated with an increased risk of ischemic stroke in patients with newly diagnosed AF, while alcohol abstinence after AF diagnosis could reduce the risk of ischemic stroke. Lifestyle intervention, including attention to alcohol consumption, should be encouraged as part of a comprehensive approach to AF management to improve clinical outcomes. The contribution is linked to an interesting editorial by Andrea Russo from the Cooper University Hospital Camden, USA. Russo highlights that the authors should be commended on further highlighting the importance of modifiable risk factors, including alcohol intake, in the integrated approach to healthcare delivery for the treatment of AF. In addition to provide a recognition of the importance of lifestyle and risk factor management in the treatment of AF, patient education and engagement will provide a foundation for successful risk factor modification. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Prediction of Sudden Arrhythmic Death in Patients with Heart Failure towards validation in a worldwide broader range of patients. Ryomo Fukuoka from the School of Medicine, Chiba, Japan and colleagues comment on the recent publication entitled Predicted Benefit of an Implantable Cardioverter Defibrillator The MADIT ICD Benefit Score by Arwan Yunus and colleagues from the University of Rochester Medical Center, USA. Yunus et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.